Hello, listeners, and welcome to Digital Buzz Radio, the podcast of the Georgetown ISD Digital Learning Team, where we are navigating innovation with you. Hello, listeners. This is Amy Heil. I'm excited to share this month's Digital Buzz Radio episode with you. We were on location at the GISD State of the District event at the Hammerlin Center on March 9th to record a teacher panel discussion about one-to-one technology in the classroom. The teachers you will hear are Wolf Ranch Elementary first grade teacher, Rebecca Nolan, Wagner Middle School seventh grade language arts teacher, Michael Hartsfield, and Wagner Middle School sixth grade math teacher, Kayla Payne. Moderating the panel is GISD Digital Learning Director, Kim Garcia. And wrapping up the panel, you will hear some words from Lannon Heflin, GISD Chief of Technology and Innovation. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy listening. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you very much for coming to our panel session on one-to-one technology in the classroom. My name is Kim Garcia. I'm the Director of Digital Learning for Georgetown ISD, and I'd like to introduce you to our esteemed panel of educators from Georgetown ISD who will be sharing their experiences about one-to-one devices and technology in the classroom. Um, So we'll start off, and I'll let each of you guys introduce yourselves a bit. Can you tell tell us your name, where and what you teach, maybe how long you've been teaching, and a little bit about the technology available in your classroom? And we'll start here with Rebecca. Hi, I'm Rebecca Nolan, and this is my 19th year teaching, and I have taught kind of all over elementary, um, kinder, first, second, third, fifth, and I am currently a first grade teacher at Wolf Ranch Elementary, where we have one-to-one Chromebooks for all of our students. Hello, my name is Michael Hartsfield. I'm a seventh grade English teacher at Wagner Middle School. And I have, this is my fourth year teaching, first year in Georgetown ISD and three years in Lubbock ISD. And uh, my students in my classroom, we have the one-to-one Chromebooks and that's what we use in the class. My name is Kayla Payne. I'm a math, sixth grade math teacher at Wagner as well. Um, this is my third year teaching um, and my students have their one-to-one devices Um, as well, so we use our Chromebooks a lot, but there's also um, other technology that's available on our campus that I try to get our hands on. Um, So our True Touch in our classroom is definitely a center component of my classroom and my instruction. Um, And then as well as anytime I can get into the makerspace, that's always fun too. It's wonderful. And I'm so glad that you guys, um, we have such a representative group to different subject areas, different grade levels, so we can hear about your experience with students of all ages and focus areas. So I think so often people associate technology in the classroom with games and fun. And while that may be true at times, what are some of the ways you incorporate technology into your classroom for learning? And maybe we'll start with Michael this time. I think in terms of technology in the classroom, it's a great instrument for sharing our learning. And that's what I try to use it as much for with sharing with parents and sharing with students. And I think it's a great instrument in terms of when in the English classroom, when they're reading, they can use their technology to um, 
share their book blogs with each other. Usually I have them book blogging on Google Classroom and then they get to respond to each other. And so it's a great way for them to see what they're reading and I'll see conversations on there. They're like, where did you get this book? Where can I find it? Can you tell me when you check it into the library? And so it's just a great way to get them sharing their learning with each other and their parents. Um, that way I think it really gets them engaged. And that's, that's one aspect of how I use technology in the classroom. There are others, but for me, I think that's been the most significant one. Wow, that's really fantastic. Um, I work with our librarians also, and it makes me so excited that what you're doing in the classroom and that sharing aspect is getting them even more into reading, things that they don't even have to read, that they're choosing to. Uh, so that's really wonderful. All right, Kayla, would you like to tell us your thoughts? So for math, I think the biggest leverage in technology for me is the timely feedback. With math, it's such a skill that you have to practice. And if we're practicing it wrong, <laughs> teachers have to unteach our bad practice. So the beauty of technology in my classroom is that it gives students instant feedback. They know right away if they're doing it right or wrong. And I've been able to discover some programs that will not only just tell them you're wrong, but then this is why we got it wrong. This is how you solve the problem. Let's make sure we get the right answer before we move on to the next answer. So it's helping them really having that teacher and kind of taking ownership over their learning and learning in that moment so that we're not going forward building bad habits. And we're actually understanding the concept that we're practicing. So it's really an effective tool to help us in our learning in terms of that timely feedback instead of waiting for me to grade your paper and then maybe you did it wrong and now we got to go back. It saves time and really drives us forward in our learning. That's wonderful because I know so many days or weeks can elapse before you uncover the problem previously and then you've lost all that time in confusion. So that's really neat. You mentioned you use, you found a couple of programs that help you do that. Can you think of some of those that have been really good for you? One off the top of my head immediately is Khan Academy. Uh, my students, that is a familiar term. Sal Khan is our second teacher in my <laughs> classroom. Um, because in Khan Academy assignments, they have to get the right answer before moving on. And if they're struggling after their first initial guess, then they have the option to use hints to help them and it will show them step by step. Well, let's set up our problem. Does that help? Let's, okay, this is the next step. Does that help? So it, or if the steps don't help, here's a video and you can watch that. So I really like that it makes them go back and it won't count it as right towards their total. So they still might only count the ones they got right on the first time, but then they have an opportunity to do it again. Let's try again and let's, see if we can do better the second time. So I always give my students a chance to earn 100%. I think that's great. Aiming for not just completion, but mastery. Yes, absolutely. And I think another thing that's really neat about Khan Academy, or, or any time you get the opportunity to have another teacher show it to you, is you're getting maybe two different methods. One that, that makes sense to you or that helps it connect along the way. So that's a, another really neat way of having Reason to have Sal be our second teacher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Thank you for sharing that. How about you, Rebecca? What are some ways you incorporate technology? Um, so I actually, when I think about how I want to use technology in my classroom, I try to think about 
you know, th there are moments when you're working with a student where it's, it's kind of a back and forth with you and the student, and there are times when you're, you're delivering something to the student and you just need the student to, to kind of hear what you're delivering. And um, so I actually create a lot of my own videos so that the students can receive that content and you know, again, because I've taught from kinder to fifth grade, you know, in, in fifth grade, I used it a lot for taking notes in math. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, um, when you're doing notes, there's always some kid who has already figured out what you're going to write next and is ahead of you somehow, even though they're the notes you're talking about. Um, and then there's some kid who's like, miss, miss, like, you're going too fast. Mm -hmm. And so I found that by pre-recording those, then it, it gave the students the power to um, pause and then, you know, and then, and like I'd watch as, you know, and I'd walk around the room at times and, you know, somebody's paused me and is catching up. And um, then uh, one year I had my own son in my classroom and um, that was the year I found out um, you can put videos on one and a half speed. <laughs> Um, and so I found that my son liked for me to talk much faster because he could write much faster. And it was this idea that, you know, something I thought was like just a five-minute note-taking experience for some kids needed to be a 20-minute, and apparently for some needed to be two and a half minutes. Um, and, and in, the, and in um, kinder or first grade, you know, there are things like, you know, learning your letter sounds that you just, you just have to hear it. Mm -hmm. And some kids need to hear it a few times and some kids need to hear it a lot of times. And when I first started teaching as a kindergarten teacher, I remember doing the alphabet and there's 22 children sitting there and I could have told you which 12 actually needed to be there listening to all the letters, but you know, we all did it. And now I can assign that content that I've created to, you know, so some kids are, are literally doing the alphabet and some kids are doing, you know, blends and digraphs and some kids are doing vowel pairs. And so it just enables me to say, okay, you need to hear this, you don't, but then that means you could hear this. <laughs> and so it's just that delivery of content. That's wonderful. Because like you said, sometimes you, you just don't catch it and you need to hear it again. I can't tell you how many times I'm in a meeting or a training and I don't hear it and I have to lean over to my neighbor and say, but if I could watch that presenter again, mm -hmm. then I would have caught it. And so I think that's really powerful, uh, putting that learning at their fingertips at their speed. Yes. And you, what you're really talking about, all of you are talking about, is personalizing the learning for the students. What is it that they need in that moment uh, to help them take the next step toward mastery? So that's really neat. Um, well, let's go on to the next question. Um, are there specific ways in which you find technology valuable in growing your students in their mastery of our state standards or of our learner profile attributes? And we'll kick it off with Kayla. One thing that I love to do, and it kind of piggybacks off what Rebecca was just saying in terms of individualizing that learning, is I like to give my students knowledge checks. We don't call them tests or quizzes, it's just a check of your knowledge to see what you know. Um, but I use Google Forms in order to branch it so that if they don't get the question right, it takes them through a reteach. So not all of the students are getting all of the questions. So if they're showing mastery and they show that they're understanding it, then they get to submit that form and they've showed, yes, I've mastered this skill. But it gives, again, that real-time feedback of stopping a student saying, okay, you got that question wrong. Let's break it down and maybe asking a 
few simpler questions that eventually get them back to that original question. So I'm using that embedded reteach with each student and sometimes I'll also um, create videos. So that way I'm really focusing on the mastery and I'm making sure that they understand it. Um, so branching Google Forms to help students in their mastery is definitely one of my go-to tools. That is fantastic. I love that um, it's not just about completion. It's not about grade mm -hmm. and turning it in. It's about did I get it. Mm -hmm. And Google Forms are such a great way to do that. And I'll yeah. often also, if they get the question right after the reteach, I'll count that towards their score because they got it. They just needed a little extra prompting. So right. I'm definitely encouraging them that as long as we get it, we'll master it. Yeah. That's great. Thanks, Kayla. Rebecca, would you like to go next? Well, I really, to me, technology is the ultimate in differentiation in the classroom because I'm one person and there are at least 20, if not more, students in my classroom and each one of them is at some slightly different point um, within what they need to know for those state standards and some number of them are on grade level, some number of them are below, some number of them are ready to progress and I think most teachers have a sense of okay once they know this they need to learn this and then we would go to that and if you had 20 of yourself you would walk around the room and you would go through that progression and by you know putting together you know whether it's videos I've made or um, a tool that the district has purchased that has that kind of pathway um, kind of structure to it um, I'm able to put kids on some sort of pathway that is personalized starting at different points and just letting them progress um, and just keep going. Like I, I feel like there was a point um, in our education system where there was a, th this is where we stop at the end of the day, like where we're only going to learn this. And, and now I feel like it just, it just continues. And, and the, the where it stops is like the, the limit there is only what I can think of, what tools I have and how fast the kid wants to move. And I really love that that progression is there. That's fantastic. And you mentioned your videos have been key in that, mm -hmm. along with some district tools maybe that you have access to. Are there yeah. some in particular that you can think of? So in at the elementary level, we use um, STMath. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very conceptualized um, math program. And it, it is very pathwayed, like it, it covers you know, the breadth of, like, for me, first grade teaks, and um, the students have, and I, I've shown them, and then they've figured out that they can figure out how far along they are. And so we, we had a little mini lesson on what a percentage is. Um, and so, because once you get to 100, you're done, and what does that mean? And so the kids will tell me, I'm on 57 now. And so, and then we know, like, if, if you can, before May, if you are done with first grade ST math, then there's a second grade pathway. And, and like, there, there's, there's nothing to stop you except for time and effort. And then within um, language arts, we have access to Amplify, which is, it's kind of, it's reading, but at the first grade level, it's, it's, you know, phonemic awareness and putting words together and sounds together. And again, it's just, it's just a, a, a solid pathway. And so each student is literally on a different spot in this journey. Mm -hmm. That's so exciting, I'm sure, for them to know they can keep going. Like, yes. high five, achievement, I can go further. 
Um, I'm not limited. No, no, That's not great. at all. Great. Thanks, Rebecca. Michael, how about you? Yeah, I, just to kind of repeat a little bit of what they've said is that technology provides the opportunity for equity in the classroom. And I have, in one classroom, I can have learners at all different levels. And what technology does for me is it gives me the ability to differentiate for each of those students wherever they're at, but you know, not have to take away my attention from a whole part of the classroom. And so, for example, when we're reading, some of my students really need to be read too. And so they need that audio, they need the audiobook option. And so I use technology a lot for that. Um, in terms of like my students who really need assistance in writing, a lot of my students have that ability to, they can use the um, speech to text. And so that is something else we use, I think in terms of you know, differentiating in the classroom, I do a lot of station work. And so I like the ability to, when I know there's a really hard concept in my class, I like to teach that. And I like for me to be able to be in one spot working with a small group of students. And with the technology that we have, I can have a reading assignment over there. And I know it's differentiated. I know the students are being provided with all the things they need to. So I don't necessarily have to be over there. And over here in this part of the room, I can have them doing a writing assignment where, you know, I have the all of my electronic guides on there for how they're writing. I, I can be in one spot, uh, spot teaching a small group of students without having to go around and do that. I have the technology in place to guide them as I guide through this one small group through a really difficult concept. That's really fantastic. So it really, I mean, you've almost answered our next question, which was how does technology influence your instructional decisions? It allows you to focus your energy and know that all of your students are still getting that quality experience that's at their level. Uh, so you, you chose that, that's fantastic. So here is the next question, Rebecca will let you kick it off. What are some of the ways that technology influences your instructional decisions? I think, and I'm thinking about what Kayla said about that, that instant feedback, um, that there are so many ways that you know, a teacher can do quick checks with kids and you know, you can have everyone write it on a whiteboard and then you're looking around. Um, but there is something about that that's still public in a way. Whereas if you have kids answer something on their device, then the only person seeing that answer and seeing any misconceptions is the teacher. And so I, I probably use this the most um, when I was a fifth grade math teacher because I could give a, a quick check one day and then I would know exactly the next day, you know, who had mastered the concept and was ready to move on, who had like these small misconceptions that maybe just needed like a Khan Academy video or something that like a course correction and who needed to be sitting at the table with me. And so it, it was interesting to, to kind of be in such a fluid um, space where each day determined what I would be doing the next day because the feedback was that instant. I, I think you've defined differentiation with that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you. Michael, how about you? More ways it influences your instructional decisions? Um, in terms of my instructional decisions, a lot of times I'll use data used from technology and 
to determine what do I need to be reteaching, what do I need to be uh, giving more assistance on, uh, things like that. I tell my students all the time, if I'm doing a formative, it's for me to see where you're at, and it's for me to take that, and it tells me what I need to be doing a better job at, and what I need to be reteaching and pulling you aside for. Um, it also allows me to be, you know, in one spot in the room, uh, working with a small group whenever I need it uh, to be in that case. And um, in terms of the instructional decisions in my classroom, uh, it really does help with the quick checks as well. Yes. I, I have a lot of those really quick activities to try to figure, you know, out, do they really get this? And so Padlet, those little hidden answers where I can see them and not necessarily everybody can, or Pear Deck really helps with that. Uh, where I can see those answers and like one of my favorite activities to do is like uh, my favorite no And so I'll go through their answers and I'm like this is my favorite wrong answer and here's why And so this is a big misconception that people have and we talk through it and we show it and, But it doesn't have to show the student's name and doesn't have to identify that student well, one of the things I'm hearing um, from you guys consistently is your focus is always on did the students learn what they needed to know? Have they made progress? And if not, how am I going to adjust? And I'm also hearing from you that you're using a variety of tools to engage them. You know, sometimes the same tool over and over can get kind of repetitive. So that variety is really exciting, I'm sure, for them. Thank you. How about you, Kayla? So since I think both of you did a fantastic job of describing <laughs> differentiation and using data and data-driven instruction. So I'm going to take a left turn on this answer um, because one of the ways that I use technology as a professional is in my own professional learning network. And I found my experience using Twitter as a professional learning network extremely valuable in helping me be a better teacher and finding those resources and what are other people doing um, and so for me, having built that community online with other educators who are teaching the same thing, I'm no longer just working with my one other sixth grade teacher on my campus. <laughs> it's just us two on our own little island, but really, I mean, I have so many resources and there's so many people out there that have an abundance of wealth and information and to be part of a community that's collaborating and you can ask questions and you can share experiences, that for me helps me and definitely influences my instructional decisions because I might see something of that's perfect for our next unit. I, I'm already thinking about how I can change that and to meet our standards and, and how we can change it so that it, you know, the students are engaged or they're making connections and so um, whether it's graphing a town or um, modifying recipes, we're making real life connections to our content and a lot of these ideas I'm, I'm plucking from other <laughs> teachers and that in this interconnected web and so it's really been um, a game changer for me and my instructional design. That's amazing. That's amazing. You're a lifelong learner, as are all of yeah. you guys. And so being, you know, getting those ideas and best practices from the world of educators mm -hmm. is, is wonderful. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to open it up to the audience. Do you guys have any questions for our panel about one-to-one -one technology in their classroom or about um, what they're doing? I have a question. I would like to be remarkable because 
that you hear you guys describe what you're doing in the classroom. It just it it speaks so specifically to the vision we have for using technology and instruction in George Science. And you know the and I'm a firm believer, I think the whole team is a firm believer that you know, technology is just gonna amplify what's already there. It's pretty uh, uh, you know other than that it's just gonna provide more of what we have and more amazing teaching and more amazing opportunities for our students and in the in the hands of the right teachers are. I mean, we're talking about personalizing learning experiences through quick checks for understanding and adjusting instruction in real time and facilitating feedback and communication and writing and, and book blogs and, and pacing student learning, giving them a choice in their pace. And, I mean, all of those things are exactly what we want to see every teacher utilizing these relatively expensive tools to do. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it, it's, it's, I'll call it music to my ears, and I appreciate it from, from the perspective where we work to try to make those things happen for you all. And is there something that we could be doing better or different? Where are we not getting it right for you? Because I can't hear you guys missing anything. It, it, nothing you said causes me concern. It just makes me, it just makes my heart bleed. But what are we not doing right? What more can we do? I feel like there are, there, because technology is like, it's just so rapidly developing. And I feel like there are so many tools and programs out there. I feel like there, there's sometimes a lag between a tool becoming available and when it is something you can use in the classroom. And, you know, I, and, and I, I can see where, you know, I, I've, in 19 years, I've worked with a lot of people, and I can see where there, you know, some of the people I've worked at, worked with, you know, if they picked up a tool and said, this is, you know, maybe this, you know, like, yeah, but I, I listened to your read aloud last week, and so I'm not sure, you know, like, but if you know that you've got people who have been using technology consistently and successfully, you know, the, the empowerment within each campus or across the district among, you know, to be able to say, you know what, if you found something, let's try it. And I, I like the, the, the fail fast model, you know, let's try it, let's go in. And then after a week, if this already doesn't work, then there's no reason to, okay. to continue it. But how are we going to find new tools and, and new things that support the work if we don't have people working with kids trying them? Great insight. Thank you. And not, I've, I know that Flipgrid is a really hot tool, and I as a teacher love Flipgrid, except my students hate Flipgrid. <laughs> and I've tried to get them to do videos, and when I, I did a student survey, you know, how did you like this? And the overwhelming majority was that they just didn't like it. And so I know that I think for some people it can be a good tool and for some classes, but it also takes into consideration your classroom dynamic and what do your students respond to. Maybe they don't feel comfortable in front of the camera, but I have a lot of artists who will draw me up a poster like and it was printed off, uh, you know, straight from Canva. I mean, they it's just that classroom dynamic too. But I think, like you were saying, there's so many resources out there and teachers don't always have time to explore those tools. And so if they don't know how to use it, then they're not going, obviously, you know, they're not going to. So I really appreciated that at the Grow conference we just did, there were some courses on like how to use Screencastify. Um, obviously, I've, I've been using Screencastify, but I decided 
that's a really good idea, what can I teach? So I did a workshop on how to use Google Sheets. I figured I'll, I'll tackle the beast, the big one. But um, most people, like I hear my team, they were the ones that really encouraged me that you're always like doing such cool things with data in Google Sheets and I don't know how to do any of that. So let's teach teachers, let's find those maybe core ones that okay, we're showing success, this teacher's using it and it's successful, and these teachers using it and it's successful. Now let's teach other teachers how to use those programs and show them how they can use it in the classroom. I think that would be the most effective um, use of time and resources is teaching teachers what programs are out there, but also how to use those programs. Awesome, thank you, Kayla. Do you have any ideas that you wanted to share? I mean, yeah, just, I Trainings would be uh, great for some new technologies. I know when I came in, I've never used Formative, but we had a training on it um, during our PLC time. And I think that really you know, helped me out to be able to figure it out. And then at the end of that training, they gave us, I don't know how much time it was, it was like 10 or 15 minutes just to play around with it. And that play around time is also very important. So I can go in, I can make a you know, fake Formative where I can just test it out see what I can do with it and experiment with it a little bit. Um, I know for my classroom, I definitely do try to balance the technology and not technology aspects because I can see students sometimes get a little technology burnt out throughout the day where they're like, I've been looking at my Chromebook all day. And so uh, to see their joy on their face, I'm like, pull out your journals. We're journaling at the beginning of class and they get to you know, write in their notebooks. They do enjoy that as well. It's definitely, and that balance is so important because even though we're in the technology department, we know it's, it has a purpose, it has its place, um, but it doesn't replace everything, certainly. All right, audience, do you guys have any other questions or panelists? Is there anything else you wanted to share? So one of the... Please? Um, no, I, I just I couldn't work it into a question. So one of the tools that we have at the elementary level is called Seesaw, mm -hmm. and um, one of the things that I feel like that having each kid have their own device and be able to respond on devices, I feel like it's really increased the parental connection to school, and you know the and I know in the middle school and high school, being able to post something and have your peers see it is really important. Six-year-olds want mama to see it. And that's just, you know, every, every age group kind of has their preferred audience. And for a six-year-old, if my mom didn't see it, it didn't happen. And so it's really, it's, it's, I try to have them posting at least one thing each day so that parents can see, you know, whether they've just, you know, they've created the number of the day, like right now, um, it's day number 117 of school, by the way, and uh, the students will be showing a dollar and 17 cents um, later on this afternoon, and their parents know to expect that, and I try to have them, you know, read to their parents. Um, so that the parents can hear, you know, kind of what their students' reading sounds like. And then I've also found, um, like I have one student, um, her, her um, parents are both very involved, but because of split custody, only one parent gets to see the paper each day. And she's kind of struggling in math, and so her parents really want to see, you know, what are we doing in math? And so she knows when she brings me um, her paper to check, she also brings me the device so that we can take a picture and post it so that both parents can see the paper exactly when it was done. And then both parents know if she missed something and what are they going to kind of look over tonight. 
I think that's fantastic. So. In fact, I'm really glad you added that. You know, as as a mom of littles, mm -hmm. I um I know how important that is, and to be able to have the conversation about what happened that day brings school home, mm -hmm. and then you learn about so many more things as a parent. Um, it increases that involvement yeah. and that engagement. Yeah. So that's really fantastic. So. Thanks for adding that. All right, well, panelists, thank you guys so much for sharing all of your wealth of knowledge. Obviously, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Digital Buzz Radio. This podcast is a production of the Georgetown ISD Digital Learning Team. Music titled Innovation by John Yasut, obtained from Pixabay under a license for non-commercial use. We invite you to subscribe to Digital Buzz Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Anchor. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at GISD DigiLearn. That's GISD D-I-G-I-L-E-A-R-N. We look forward to you joining us next time for the latest buzz about all things digital learning.